Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. time it is. It's Race Chat Live. Oh my God. What a race. What a weekend. If this isn't what championship weekend is all about, I don't know. I can't fix you. Because this system definitely is not broken. Thank you listeners for joining us for this special edition of Race Chat Live. It is our season finale. That's right. You won't see us again until 2022, but we are looking forward to our big plans for next season. Uh, make sure that you get the link out and you share it. It is on the Race Chat Live Facebook page. Uh, let's see if we can go live here for a second on on face, Race Chat Live. Race Chat Live fans, we want to thank you all for uh, joining us here tonight. Of course, you can... Uh, Click on to the link on a previous post there. Uh, we want to let you guys know that we are live and on the show. We'll be here for about an hour. We'll have uh, quite a few people, uh, quite a few different opinions and stuff going on here tonight. I think that all in all, we are all extremely excited about the conclusion of the 2021 race season. We are looking forward to 2022. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss. Uh, of course, all three uh, new ch- uh, champions. Daniel Hemrick's win last night. Man, wow. And uh, Ben Rhodes. So we've had all three new champions this year. We're going to talk about it. 
Make sure that you go to the link on the previous post. It's Blog Talk Radio Network, Race Chat Live. We want to give you guys a heads up and let you know that we were going to be live and on here. We've got Taz Taylor here. Craig Moore will be joining us. Of course, uh, all is invited. Y'all can call the link, uh, 718-664-9861. If you'd like to, we'll get you in on the air and uh, let you tell us about what you thought about the conclusion of the 2021 race season. Goodbye to so many things, but hello to a new uh, to a new beginning. So we can't wait to for you guys to join us. All right, Taz Taylor, man, we shared that when we sent it out, man. Holy smokes, brother! Holy smokes! Wow! Yeah! All right, I got that out of my system. So what's next? <laughs> oh God! What a what a show! Ben camp off the season like that. Daniel Hamrick and now Kyle Larson. It's redemption, baby. It's redemption, Mr. CJ Sports. If you're listening, you know I told you. You know I told you four years ago. We knew Larson was a talent. I knew Chip Ganassi was holding him back. There was a lot of people that believed that Kyle Larson was going to just waste his career over at Chip Ganassi. The one thing that I think we all could probably agree on was Chip Ganassi definitely was not Hendrick Motorsports. Oh, God, in no. Form and fashion, God, no. After my God, prediction no. that he would leave as a free agent, from Chip Ganassi to Hendrick because Mr. Hendrick would lure him in and say, if you want to win championships, come to me. Come to my house. I have proof we win championships here. Hey, well, it all happened in a crazy deal, but you know what? It was the same outcome. Pass, please. Let me catch my breath. Yeah. Um, I've been trying insanely hard. Uh, just to boil all that down. Um, as you guys know, I was a longtime Jimmy Johnson fan. And when Johnson retired, I didn't know who to go to for a favorite driver. I figured just stick with Alex Bowman because he's got the 48. And then Larson uh, essentially was the replacement for Johnson essentially getting Johnson's old team, old equipment. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Larson with Johnson's equipment, Johnson's team. Will we see a bright star finally come out of the horizon in the equipment and team that Johnson had? And we just saw it. Not I mean, not only throughout the season, but in that race. We saw it shine and let me tell you Johnson's seventh championship had me excited Truex winning his championship in 2017 had me excited but not as excited then Kyle Busch won and I'm not a big fan of Kyle Busch I'll just say that but I respect the guy I respect Kyle Busch but I'm not a fan of him then Chase Elliott won last year and for 100 Motorsports' sake, you know, I was like, all right, this is cool. Congratulations. Happy for the guy. But Hendrick let me tell you, was I 
Hendrick was on his way back. And the one thing that's known about Hendrick Motorsports is they sell the races. Go ahead, Taz. I have not been excited for a driver championship since Johnson 7th. I mean, yeah, it was the same old story for the most part. That He got win number 10 today, but can't deny the fact when it comes to Cliff Daniels and that Hendrick team, when you think they're out of it, they got something out of their sleeve. Because we all, they kept on saying Cliff Daniels might have used all the tools in his box. And just when they all thought about that, Cliff Daniels goes, I got something better. And what he, whatever he did, it worked. So this had absolutely zero to do with the talent of Kyle Larson is definitely there. He just needed the equipment to put him there. So you're telling me that his championship is legit and it had nothing to do with his right rear, the conspiracy of the right rear quarter pedal getting knocked in. So that's a real conspiracy right now. I, well, you, well, hold on, because he had, because at times in this race, he had to search for the line and he was fighting the car bad early on. I agree. And... Like, he led the first lap. Great. And then after that, he was fighting the car. You could see that thing loose. And I said it from the get-go. As soon as the green flag waved, as soon as they were coming to complete the first lap, off turn two, I was like, that car's loose. No doubt. It's straight up loose. He's going to fight it. But that was that was a race. I mean, at one minute, you thought Truex was going to take the show away. I really and did. You, you, and then another minute, you actually thought Hamlet could actually pull something together. <laughs> and then Lar- and then everyone's like, oh, Larson's got it. And then Truex came about again. And when that final caution came out with like 30 to go, we all knew the short run speed went to fell into Kyle Larson's hands because he was the better short run car of the four championship drivers. Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Can you have to that anymore? Kyle Larson. <laughs> I mean, really. That's what we've done this year. We have talked about Kyle Larson. Let's let's not even talk about Denny Hamlin. Let's not even talk about that once again, all was on the line the most experienced guy in the playoffs, the, the guy with the most victories, the senior frog, I should say. And uh, another belly flop. Didn't finish second. I don't even think he finished third. What did he finish, fourth? And what the hell is going on here? Hamlin the finished rest- third. No, Hamlin finished third. Hamlin finished third. I stand corrected. Where was the rest of the racers? Did they just let the front four run that way? Well, because well, I, I would, I would have to think so because 
early on in the race, you had Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, uh, Joey Logano somehow was in the mix early. Brad Keselowski was. I mean, all the Fords are mixing things up in there early on. Yeah, and then after, and then, and then after, I would say halfway through stage two, it was like the top four in the first four or top five. Once Hamlin got out of the little rut he was in. Mokes, man. I really thought Truex had a chance there. Miss Lee warned us at the beginning of the week. Truex has had pit issues all year long. I don't think it was so much. But, you know, for the underdog to finish second, I think it said a lot about who Truex is and how he's earned a certain bit of respect. Anybody that's listened to this show for more than two years or a year or even six months knows I give Martin Truex Jr. hell. Probably more hell than I do Chase Elliott or Kyle Busch combined. But somewhere yeah. over the middle of this year, man, it was just it was just respect. The fact of it is, is I had put the success of Martin Truex Jr. on the, on the hands of his crew chief. Not not given the fact that this guy raced for ten years before he even got a you know a legit win. Um, I think that of course anytime you have somebody like that, uh, you should be kind of cautious. But when you go out and win a championship on an underdog team like the '78 uh, Denver Mattress Furniture Road team. Um, you know, I, I probably spent the latter of four years not giving respect where respect was owed. And, you know, it kind of sucks. I jumped on his bandwagon here at the last minute, and, and you know, uh, I kind of sounded pretty hypocritical of myself. But, look, I feel like, Taz Taylor, when there, are certain, when there are certain issues in life that you need to correct, the best thing to do is correct it and then move forward with that and, and let everybody know every time, look, I know that you've heard me say this before, but I have a change of heart and a change of feelings toward how I feel about this. And that's been Martin Truex Jr.'s story. So I really wish he would have won. The guy who did win, fortunate enough, was the dominant name in the headlines all year long. This guy has been in the headlines for two years. Yep. Half of, the, half of the, the time that he's been in the headlines has not been uh, uh, for the right thing. It's hard to say redemption because I know Mr. CJ Sports, uh, he's, he's, he's still pretty critical of Kyle Larson. Um, it's hard to, to forgive when it's uh, a serious nature like what Kyle Larson was suspended for. We, I think, as a company, have picked it up and moved on. We have celebrated uh, Kyle Larson's victory uh, many, numerous times on this show. Um, I think Kyle Larson is great for the whole racing world. People always want to say, well, if you're a sprint car fan, you shouldn't be a late model fan. If you're a late model fan, you shouldn't be a, a street stop fan. If you're a NASCAR fan, 
You shouldn't really be a dirt fan. And if you're a dirt fan, you really shouldn't be a NASCAR fan. Well, if you're a NASCAR fan, you shouldn't be an IndyCar fan. If you're an IndyCar fan, you shouldn't be a Formula One. Man, forget that, bro. I love all races. I love them all. I, I honestly think, and Chris, I think you've said this numerous times, but please correct me if I am wrong. But I think all of what he did last year here is wrong mind you I think last year what he did last year and now bringing it into this year I honestly believe that he he finally he finally brought the dirt and NASCAR world together as one I believe Uh, 100% it was it was giving you know all this that happened has given Larson a chance to show that the sport can move forward, right? We've been stuck in this endless cycle, and we're not going to make this show about that, but we've been stuck in this this uh they say don't judge a book by its cover, but unfortunately, NASCAR fans are probably the most judged people in the world these days. Kyle Larson took us bad situations. And he went down to what what Taz Thompson would call the minor leagues, and he put a darn ass whooping on everybody. He didn't he didn't just he didn't just disappear into some seclusion. This kid said, "I am here to race, and that's what I was born to do. I'm not going to go home and suck my thumb." He went out there and he earned the grit of the nine to five, the eight to five, the Monday through Sunday. A hundred and forty dollar a day deckhand. Hopefully they make more than that these days. Lord have mercy. You know he went out there and earned the respect of the blue collar, the white collar. His his move forward to where he is right now, he is a champion. There is nobody that can take that away. And by golly, the sport of racing should be better today because of Kyle Larson. Has had to go through. He is the Jesus of dirt track racing and of and of racing. I may be offline. I may get knocked in the back of the head. They may say, "Chris, you're crazy." I've already been told all that. Al <laughs> Larson is the Jesus of racing, man. I mean, there it is. It is what it is. Taz Taylor. Well. We can go on and on about Kyle Larson and his team with Hendrick. Cliff Daniels, I mean, the guy's, the guy's a goddamn good crew chief. And if you think I'm wrong, I don't know what's wrong with you. I think they are a great pair. I think I may be off in left field, and this could be a bold prediction, but I think we are now seeing – the new generation of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. Will they be that elite? I don't think so, but I think we're close on that horizon. Wow. I think that pairing is like a Johnson Knauss pairing. As I mean Cliff Daniels tried I mean Cliff Daniels tried turning around that whole entire forty eight team with Jimmy Johnson. We knew the potential Cliff Daniels had because we saw the uprising of Jimmy Johnson towards the end of his career. But John, I think Johnson just couldn't keep up with the young talent. I don't think he could have. And 
Now it's Cliff Daniels getting a new younger driver, hungry as heck. I think you see, I see you. It's a great pairing. I think we see a a new Johnson Canals pairing right there. I think it'll be hard for anybody with the structured playoff system to go in and win seven championships. I don't think uh, I don't think they'll be that caliber, but I think that's a, in terms of great pairings. That's that's it right there. We've not seen this type of dominance from a driver uh, out of nowhere since the since the day of Martin Truex Jr. and uh, you know, 10 wins. Of course, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, man, they're old school guys. They've been around. They, 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 they've had years that, that are comparable to what they, where they were last year. Kyle Larson, my friend, he comes in, he wins 10 races. The, the most career races, he's been, he's been around since 2013, the most career races he's won all in his career six, right? I mean, he completely bypasses that. He wins a championship. This isn't Mark Martin at 50-something years old, going out and having a good season. What Kyle Larson did this season is absolutely remarkable. And it deserves the attention that it's getting right now. It does. But but remember, there's a guy across from his garage right now uh, uh, in the same company, and he's got to be asking himself, where did he, where did I go wrong? You know, because obviously Kyle Larson out here winning 10 races, Chase Elliott didn't win a single oval race all season long. Definitely, it but... We said something about Hendrick Motorsports, we can, right? We've seen a lot of one, two, threes, but, uh, you know, it does say a lot about Cliff Daniels as well. And Alan Gustafson, I mean, that guy's been in Hendrick Motorsports forever, guy. I mean, he's been around for a long time. He got his ass handed to him today by Cliff Daniels. Yeah, yeah, Chase Elliott. But, I mean, we can go so much on about this race and the ups and downs, who succeeded, who didn't. And though at the end of the day, all we can say is this. We got a championship race that delivered. The guy who was in talks of winning the championship all season long got the job done. And... Don't sleep on the other three teams that didn't win the championship. And Phoenix also shows that running at the top, we all want a championship race to run under the lights, but with the time frame of how the Phoenix race is, I think it's a perfect time because it tests the drivers and crews because you see how the track changes. You see how the weather changes. And you see how the the PJ1 or whatever that was on the outside there, how that affected it. But we also had Xfinity and Truck Series racing. X, I think Xfinity stole the show versus the Truck Series, in my honest opinion. Just like, the, just like most of the time they have been doing. Daniel Hemrick bribed me for so long. Gets the championship done when it needs it. Yes, yes, most definitely, Taylor. Uh, I think another prediction that that was on this show this year, 
Xfinity being the best series so far all season, man, oh man, they didn't they didn't leave it uh, they they didn't let it be for the last race of the year either, man. Uh, Austin Cindric probably deserved to win the race. Daniel Hemmert was what I would say mo hungry. He was mo hungry for it, and it was awesome. I mean, it was great to see a guy. Kind of weird. He got his first NASCAR win and won a championship all at the same time. That does show kind of a flaw in the system. But is it a flaw? Is it a flaw when it's that damn exciting? I, I can't I, say it's a flaw. I don't I would have only saw it as a flaw if he did not win the race. He was consistent all year. Bridesmaid for so many times throughout the year that he even set a record for it. But I would see it as a flaw if he won the championship, but not the, but not the race. I'm sorry, Miss Lee's, Miss Lee's typing in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, I'm still in awe. That's what I wanted to do this show at the conclusion of tonight's race because of that raw emotion that I knew we were going to be experiencing. First of all, and we've been doing this since January, right? And it's 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 whether you want to or not. It's you show up and you do the damn show. Sure, there's been a couple of times where one of us hasn't been here. But all in all, for the last 40-something weeks, we we have dedicated a certain night to the week to come on this show and so this is what it's built up to. And this is probably, for me, the most exciting show of the year, not because it's the last show and I get a break, but because this is what the buildup was for. This is the excitement. This is why we love racing. I'm not a fan of any of those guys, but I'm excited. I love the racing. I love the racing all weekend. I love the dramatic end to all the races. Man, I tell you, it just makes me fired up and fueled for next year. That is, uh, that was, that was amazing. I literally thought at one point Larson wasn't winning the championship. I'm sitting here like, oh, God. I put all my money on Larson, put my heart where it is, and I'm going to have to eat on my words. (laughs) Not today, buddy. Not today. So was Ben Rhodes the least exciting championship of the weekend? Uh, for all three, probably. But he had one heck of a post-race interview. That's all I'm going to say. I think he celebrated better than anybody. I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't remember the question. And then he was like, oh, wait, I remember what you asked me. <laughs> but... it. I mean, I will say this, though. John Hunter Nemechek, despite what he went through for most part of that race, I had a feeling as soon as he got back on the lead lap, he'd be right back to the front. Just give him time. And he did. So he didn't get the job done with that he needed to. You give that team ten more laps, and they're there. Right. But he ran out of time. I think he got damaged on lap two. And seemed like you know, just there was plenty of time to still catch up. 
But unfortunately, when it was all said and done, it took them longer to get the lap pack and get the lucky dog. And so, uh, you know, that that kind of that kind of delayed the opportunity to run up front with the guys and get that track position. And it, but it's awesome. I'm hoping, and I'm I'm disappointed in a sense, but I'm not like John. We John Hunter Nemechek is back in that Ford truck next year. But we've seen him in the select Xfinity starts that he had. He actually even won a race. He was in the hunt for the Xfinity owner's points. He, he didn't mm-hmm. get it because Austin Sindrick ended up getting the owner point for that one because Hemrick wasn't even in the running for the owner's points. Hemrick was only for the driver's championship. But John Hunter was running up front in the Xfinity races. And it disappointed me when we heard the news that John Hunter was staying in trucks for another year. And I'm like, why? He's curved way more in the truck series. He's going to be another dominating factor next year. Right. Yeah. With Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed moving up. Yeah, I uh, mean, the four would have been really a good I mean, spot for Ron to go to. He's, he's, lined, <laughs> he's lined himself up for essentially dominance. Because the two guys that could go after him easily are gone. And Joe Gibbs has no drivers lined up for his Xfinity program next year, as far as I know of. If I were Gibbs, I would have taken advantage of that. I mean, people could say, oh, now you're trying to rush him. I don't think he's being rushed. He proved way more than he needed to in the truck series. To reboot his career. Put him in Xfinity for a few years. You already got Josh Berry going full-time. Um, I don't remember. I don't think Ty Gibbs is yet, but he's, I'm pretty sure he's in talks about it. You got Justin Allgaier, A.J. Allmendinger again. You're going to have... Xfinity is going to be more competitive. If I were Joe Gibbs, I would send John Hunter into the Xfinity. Just let him go for a few yeah. years. I mean, but, you know, Miss Lee just, just uh, you know, said something about Gibbs lighting uh, the Xfinity series up next year, and that may be that may have been the real reason why John Hunter was maybe forced to stay in the truck series is they don't want anybody coming in and messing up the uh, the, the, the path being led for uh, Ty Gibbs, because obviously with the departure of Daniel Hamrick, Harrison Burton, you know, you thought automatically that John that uh, John Hunter Nemechek would be in the slate to drive one of these uh, 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 Xfinity cars. Chandler Smith didn't really have the type of year that you expected over at Kyle Busch Motorsports, though I believe, you know, he showed a lot of uh, – uh, you know, a lot of character this year. In fact, you know, won the race, I believe, right? He uh, he, he won the race. So, um, but I, I'm just not sure if he's Xfinity material. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is going to be fine. I, I'm more uh, a little bit more personality in a sense, but Ty Gibbs don't have much of one either. Ty Gibbs is going to be a he, he's he's going to be a hellion man. I really think that we are looking at a fiery little uh, 
I can't say the bad words because I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but you just you just pick whichever one you want. And I guarantee you, when I say fiery, uh, I mean I mean he's going to be uh, the next Kyle Busch, I believe, uh, with his uh, type of attitude. Uh, but uh, you know, we're we're out of time. We're at a, a moment now where NASCAR is going to change, and it's, it's it's the next chapter, right? Uh, we're going to see uh, the 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 rest in peace for the gener- generation six car. No longer four gears, no longer five lug nuts. Chip Ganassi Racing is gone. Starcom Racing is gone. Ryan Newman, Matt Diamadetto, there's still questions there. A new number placement. I mean, it's uh, it's the end of an era, my friend. Uh, this is the it, chapter. It is nothing. But but here's the thing: if it's working, if it's going to work so well for the for for the Cup drivers, why is this not being done in the Truck Series or the Xfinity Series? Right? Well, We've heard nothing series, about number placements there. Well, Truck Series they have they have a new Toyota and a new Chevy coming out. I don't know if Ford's got anything in the builds. I honestly don't remember. I haven't heard anything as far as I know of. I know there's not a lot of Fords in trucks, which is unfortunate because I thought Ford was built on the trucks, more in trucks than muscle cars. But No longer manufacturing support being given to the truck series by Ford. So even if they have a Ford emblem, they most likely have an Eleanor engine. But – I mean, it, it, I think with truck series number placement, you can't really move it because there's not much room to work with. So leaving the door, I'll just say truck series number placement, leave it where it is because you can't really move it anywhere else without killing it because there's not much room for design. For the Xfinity series, they could do the same thing, but I really think that before they want to try with the Xfinity Series, I think they're just going to say, let the Cup Series be our test dummies. I mean, for the longest time, it was always the Xfinity or the Truck Series being the test dummies. This time around, it's the Cup Series. And for Xfinity, I wouldn't change much of anything in terms of package or car-wise right now anyways. Oh, by no means, man. We're just coming off one of the most exciting seasons ever in the Xfinity series. Uh, absolutely the most entertaining series uh, in NASCAR week in, week out this year. And that's a lot to say because it used to be, uh, it really just used to be a truck festival. Like, my favorite uh, point to anything was to watch the trucks and uh, make sure that I got that race in because, well, you would actually see real racing going on and not just follow the leader crap that we've seen a lot of since the 550 horse package, horsepower package has come along in the Cup Series. But over the last two years, Xfinity has made tremendous strides, and it's all to do with the lockdowns, you know, of Cup drivers being able to drop down. It's it's. it's these guys have had a chance to make a name for themselves, and you know, where one guy leaves, another one fills that gap. It may not necessarily be their year where they get talked about. It may take a couple of years for them to move up, but somebody else moves into that role. Austin Cindric, you know, I mean, this guy could have been uh, back-to-back uh, Xfinity champion, uh, and it didn't work to his favor. 
but uh, it didn't take away that he was the most dominant driver in the Xfinity Series throughout the year. Noah Gragston did not have a very good year, but finished the year about as strong as what you could, you know, and, and then you would ask for that of a driver. Daniel Hamrick, I mean. Gregson, you could have easily put in the, as a big three driver had he not started the season the way he did. I think the last, I would say about last 10 to 15 races he put together, you could have thought if you push the first half of the season out the door, you could have easily thought if you had to say who is your big three in the Xfinity Series, you could have easily said Dinger, Sindrick, Gregson, easily. And that's not without question. But if you throw the first half in there, Gregson wouldn't be in the big three discussion. But he, but like I said, had he strung the last ten to fifteen races throughout the entire season, it would your big three would be, as I said, no questions asked, no nothing. It's right there. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of a big middle finger, right, to uh, Joe Gibbs Racing with Daniel Hamrick. He he leaves uh, Joe Gibbs Racing at the champion will not be able to defend his seat. He would still be able to defend his championship, just not in the same equipment uh, that he was racing this year. Of course, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, kind of the guy who I think everybody had their eyes set on if there was going to be somebody to beat Cindric Allmendinger all but beat himself. Now, Hemrick goes to this team where A.J. Allmendinger is going to contend next year for another championship. Um, is this a, is this going to help Emmerich now, or is this you know is this a one and done because because I, I mean he is really leaving the best equipment, but it's hard to say that you know uh, Collie well, Grayson's equipment isn't uh, top notch as well, being that AJ Allmendinger was sitting in the position he was in. I sit I sit on your side, but I also sit on another side because. While going from Gibbs to Colleg is essentially a downgrade, but I don't I see it as a wash between upgrade and downgrade because you have experience with AJ Allmendinger, who was a top contender all year. And if I were Daniel Hemrick, being a guy who can still race for quite some time, I would take in all the experience you got with AJ Allmendinger. You didn't get that at Joe Gibbs, really, unless a cup driver came down. Right. And, and where where does this leave? First of all, we're not going to spend much time on this because we, I'll be honest with you, we're we're going to we're not going to have a long, lengthy show. And uh, unfortunate that our partner, uh, Mr. Craig Moore, probably won't be joining us uh, for the conclusion of of our show here. So. Uh, We'll just uh, try to go on. Um, we're looking forward to hearing from him, though. Uh, so, uh, yes, I don't know. He's shown some chops establishing themselves. Right, and, and so a lot of their focus, I believe, this year is going to be on this upcoming year is going to be on their cup side, which kind of makes me wonder: Do they have enough in the tank? To, do they have enough talent in the building? to make successful oh, yeah. and cup cars, man. I mean, that, thing, I, that takes I a believe, major operation, man, a major operation. I believe, they got, I believe they got the talent. I mean, 
do I think Justin Haley is the most fitting driver for their cup car? I don't think so. I think Almendinger would have been better, but at the same time, I think Colleg was probably going on the long-term side. Probably said Justin Haley, and Justin Haley has more recent cup experience versus A.J. Allmendinger. So they were probably investing long-term going with a younger guy in Justin Haley. And who would you go with in terms of most recent cup experience? You go with Justin Haley. I mean, unfortunately, all things fall onto Haley, being that Haley spent part-time the last two seasons in cup with Spire. Yeah, he was a, I guess you could say, a seat filler, or for that, for the Spire 77 team, but he was still gaining experience. He he even got a win out of it at a plate track, but essentially he, everything just lined up with him. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a good move by Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Racing to uh, uh, choose Justin Haley over A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. Allmendinger really brought a lot of success. But when I say talent, I'm not just necessarily talking about the race car drivers, Taz Taylor. I, I'm, I'm more insight to the engineers and the guys behind the scenes. Hendrick Motorsports has 400-something employees that work for them. Uh, that take, That is a major operation, sir, a major operation. And any time that you don't have that type of people – and that type of uh, a talent working for you, you're not going to be as good as your competition. And they're going to take a lot of guys that have been able to make this Xfinity deal really good, and now you're going to stress them out trying to use their same uh, method of madness to work in the Cup Series. And we've seen this too many times before. New Cup owners don't work out. They just don't work out. Uh, we Yeah, we got excited a few times this year over Daniel Suarez's team. Yeah, there was a few times Wood Brothers looked like they may be uh, competitive. But in reality, man, these teams are what they are. They are second best to the elite. The elite being Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing. Sometimes you can put a four in Penske. Sometimes you can put another team off in there. We've seen Stuart Haas. We've seen Furniture Row. We've seen... Uh, uh, man, that's what we've seen. We've seen front row racing get in a couple of times by by pure, uh, you know, the win you're in thing. Um, but all in all, Taz, I think you can agree. I mean, this is a this is a sport dominated by by three teams. Richard Childress, he's on that second tier level. Chip Ganassi was on that second tier level. Look, it's dominated by three teams. Penske. Hendrick and Gibbs. Well, if you want to say that on the cup side, yes. But on the Xfinity, it's really a toss-up. But there is another team, maybe two, that could be sneaking in there. Teams, I believe, that sneaking in to be competitive again is Richard Childress. They had a down year, and at one point, I think it was last year, they didn't even feel an Xfinity car. And I think, and when they did, it was only part time for like a handful of races. But this year, they filled it a car. They gave it to Myatt Snyder. 
Mike Snyder did a pretty decent job, I would say. Now, RCR is going to be expanding to two cars and two brand-new drivers. Their cup program is already set. I I mean, I would say Austin Dillon's got to get a little bit more of a boot kicker, I would say. Tyler Reddick is but the I believe, but I believe RCR is starting to sneak in there. And with Keselowski moving over to Roush, I'm hoping that there could be another spark just, you know, to sneak in some guys in there. I mean, you have, I mean, you have Keselowski, yes. You have Chris Busch, who has plenty of talent. I just think he needs a more well-driven teammate that maybe has a few more years. I mean, nothing against Ryan Newman, but if you're going to, let me choose between Keselowski or Newman to be my teammate and help me drive forward. I would have to pick Keselowski. I mean, he's got more time. He's he even at one point Keselowski had no had like not really much anywhere to go in his racing career up until Junior took him in. So Keselowski knows what it's like to grind and try to make a name for yourself when you have not much of anything. And Busher's kind of right. been in that shoe in a sense too. So I think right. Busher can relate to Keselowski a lot more than Newman. The first move that I make, if I'm really a true owner into Roush Fenway racing, as it's been proclaimed that Brett Keselowski is, of course this year you probably, you've got to focus on getting equipment. But my next big move at Roush Fenway Keselowski racing, RFK, uh, would be to bring in a guy like Tyler Reddick. Because let me tell you something, Richard Childress is only riding the success of, of a guy who, like Kyle Larson, is a worldwide better than he's driving. Okay? And so Tyler Reddick's got to be taking in what just happened with Kyle Larson. Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson are connected at the hip. People don't even really realize it. These two kids have raced each other since the days of go-karts in, in, in California, okay? These kids grew up down the road from each other. It's just wild, the similarities between Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson. Tyler Reddick has got to be looking at what Kyle Larson did, and he has to say, okay, I've already driven for Hendrick. I've already driven for Penske. There's only one other place that I can go right now that I haven't already been that's a championship-caliber team, and that is Joe Gibbs Racing. But if I'm Keselowski... And I know that Tyler Reddick has driven for me once before. I would do everything in my power to bring that talent to 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 Roush. Because the one thing that we forget about is Roush and Ford are connected at the hip as well. Roush and Ford. Roush has never raced anything but Fords. And Edel, Edel Ford and, and Jack Roush, good friends. They've been good friends for a very long time. Ford would do anything to get Roush back to the level. And I believe that Ford had a major influence with Keselowski going to Roush. I believe that there was some backwoods talk, some backroom talk, maybe a cigar shop uh, and a cold beer where somebody said, look, Keselowski, Roush is thinking about getting out, so thinking about doing this, man. What do do you think? You know, you've seen the success of Tony Stewart. Where do you want to go with this? Okay. And so now if I'm Keselowski and I'm, and I'm here to make this, this place great again, I'm here to make Roush 
racing great again, that I'm going to go out and get a driver that I believe can carry you to the next level, and that's Tyler Reddick, man. Tyler Reddick should have been a lot of discussion uh, this year, a lot more discussion than, than what he's received. That guy is a pure talent, and if he has any any self worth to know that he's that he could be the next Kyle Larson, then he's got to make a move like Kyle Larson without the certain circumstances they got Kyle Larson where he is today. Because <laughs> you don't need, yeah, you don't so. need to go down that route again. You could flip that up a thousand times, and it would never land the way. Uh, that it did for Kyle Larson. It is absolutely a storybook ending into the 2021 race season. Not even knowing a year ago if he would ever drive a cup car again or be given the chance to be with a good team that he is where he is. And 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 Chip Ganassi is you know I mean, it was a it was a move that cost him his franchise. It was a move that yep. cost him his team. And, you know, Kyle Larson leaving near, damn near shuttered the doors of Chip Ganassi Racing. And how how much of a slap in the face was it to Chip Ganassi that Chevrolet told him that he had to fire his driver? And now look at Kyle Larson in a Chevy bow tie lifting up that championship trophy as Chip Ganassi bows his head and, and shamefully leaves the sport of NASCAR. Man, oh man, there are so many storylines here. Uh, as Taylor, we could probably go on through the the uh, off season just with those storylines. Yeah, we really could, but uh, I know we want to keep things relatively short and sweet, and we don't really want to rush. But uh, we still got to get to our wonderful fan question as we've been doing for the last number of months, and it's great to have that. Hopefully next year we get fan questions rolling and get more in from other people and maybe get more rookie fans in or we get some experienced people that say, hey, we want more input. We know about this, but we want more input. So, uh, I, think, Chris, I think we need to promote Miss Rebecca to possibly a writer for this show um, because her questions have been on point all season long. Uh, there's definitely some insight to each and every one of these questions that Miss Rebecca has uh, presented us, and that has given us a moment to really give back to the basic of racing. Like we spend so much time in these hypothetical, crazy theories. I know I'm talking about myself, Taz Taylor, not so much on your behalf, Craig. But that's what this show was for, in my in my eyes, was to hey, create these awesome theories and these wild thoughts that have always presented themselves in my head throughout racing. That's what makes it exciting for me. But Ms. Rebecca brought us back to the basics, and she's, she's been able to, to – Bring it back to the know, fans. Bring it back to the fans, exactly, instead of this being the Chris Creighton show. Um, so I, I, do, <laughs> I, do, I do appreciate her all season long uh, giving us these questions. And, 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 and I want to make – I want to – if, if Miss Rebecca is interested in it, I would like to make her a, a, a very more special – to be a bigger part of the show next year if, if it's in any interest to her whatsoever. And I'm asking her over the air instead of privately, which is probably not the right way to do it. But uh, right. I just can't help myself. Uh, yeah. So if you want to read the question there, uh, maybe we'll uh, – Maybe we'll because this one this one created a little bit more individual thought. I think yeah, this is so, this is the question that really made me realize, wow, Miss Rebecca doesn't just care about these simple answers. She also has a special interest in how each of us feel about something. And that 
that created another spectrum into what she's been able to do with this fan question every week and how it's been able to expand our ways of thinking and our our way of explaining things. And uh, so it, it was uh, – I'll leave it to you to, to read the question. All right. So our question for the final show of the season says, thank you for the stickers, which Miss Rebecca won uh, some free stickers from us earlier in the year. Uh, with a trivia que- fan trivia question we had, and she guessed cr- correctly on that, so she won some free stickers from us already. And speaking of free stickers, we'll get to the winner. Only one winner out of this, so they get the grand prize out of this whole deal, but we'll get to that in a moment. It says, thank you for the stickers and a great time learning all about NASCAR. I do appreciate the time and attention you gave to answering my rookie fan questions. I know I will have more next season for sure. My final question for next week, so you have time to think about it. For each of you, what do you consider as the most defining moment in this season series? Is it a particular driver, race, or event that you will remember as we look forward to 2022 and what Gen 7, or the next gen, will bring to the track? For me, it was sitting at my dining room table watching Talladega, and some paper debris got stuck in the front of one of the race cars, which I guess wasn't a good thing. Then another driver got in front and maneuvered his driver car to make that debris fall off. All was well. Got me thinking. I had so much to learn if I was to understand the race world. Thanks again for fanning that little spark each week with easy-to-understand answers. We still have to talk about banking, LOL. But that's a question for next season. Yes. So, um... I, I guess I'll go first on this. Mine, mine really started in 2020 when when the world come to a stop, and I think we were all can go back to that moment when the uncertainty was there, and we didn't know where we were going or what was going to happen. Some of us didn't know if we were going to ever have a society again that was, uh, you know, that was that was good. We were going to be able to participate in these types of things. Um, I think. Uh, when the when when we started getting word that NASCAR was going to come back, NASCAR did something that I think has been a, an issue for many many years, especially within its fan base. Was we were afraid of change, we were afraid to do something different. And in order for NASCAR to survive the 2020 season, we had to make a lot of changes. We had to do a lot of things different. And in a way, that was the stepping stone that we needed to get out of the waste, the the Look, everything changes. In, even the weather, we change as people. The racing has changed. Racing is changing. And 2021 kind of set the precedent of that to happen, right? Well, 2021, what that has done is it has shown us that moving forward has been so good. It has been so good for the sport. It's been so uh, uh, alarming of all these different things that we've been able to see. We've, we've ended our chase in Phoenix like we did last year, but, man, leading up to that finish, where we were at Martinsville, where Talladega landed on the schedule, where these races were, Road America uh, in, for the July race, nobody expected that race to be uh, a race that could, that could replace the Daytona 400 uh, that we were so accustomed to for so many years 
But, man, Road America was a hit, right? That Wisconsin facility was packed the hell out. Everybody's so damn excited to go back again next year. We did we did a, an all-star race at a second different venue in three years, right? Uh, you know, the third different venue, really, but uh, Charlotte it was the place for that for so many years. We went to Bristol last year. This year we went to Texas. We're going to L.A. Coliseum for 2022. This year we've heard about so much of the change that's going to continue on. And, and, and if you were scared in 2020 when when COVID hit and you knew the, the world was going to change before our eyes, and it did, and it hasn't ever gone back the same, but we are allowed uh, to at least uh, live and love together like we, like we have like we have. For, uh, for generations before, you know, the lockdowns are no longer uh, – I don't think you're going to be able to lock us down again, to be honest with you. But that's all beside the point. The fact of it is, is this race season has proved that if you can move a few logs out of the way, that river is going to flow real good. And it's flown it's, – it's, it's, it's been an amazing season. And so I can't just say one specific thing, redemption – for, for Larson to be able to go all the way to the top of the world uh, after, you know, such a successful run at the dirt tracks and watching him excite fans on both sides of the spectrum. I mean, I, this is probably one of the most exciting races, uh, years uh, of, of racing. Us being able to return back to Talladega, we didn't get to go last year at all. We didn't get to go to the April race or the October race. Um, that was heartbreaking. It was something that we wanted to do every single year for the rest of our lives, you know, and we had a 10-year streak going, and it got taken away from us to be able to return this season and go to Talladega and to be able to go in October. We went in April and October. Man, I'm telling you, uh, Taz, man, it has just been awesome, dude. It's been great. Yeah, I I would say for me this season – uh, it's just the excitement level all three series brought and not just Cup and Xfinity. I mean, we can talk for days about those two, but I think trucks really delivered as well this year. I don't think they delivered as much as the other two, but I think they're they're really on the rise if you put the right drivers and the right teams behind everything to make that series what it was. And what was a big thing, I'll highlight the truck series again, was that Marcus Lamonis in Camping World? I mean, the the guy said, essentially said, "Oh, hey, if you have an unsponsored truck and you are interested, in let me sponsor. Let's make a deal happen. Let's make it happen." And I think we've seen less unsponsored race cars and race trucks this year than we probably have seen in the last handful of years, and we can. And we can all say thank you, Marcus Lamonis. I mean, that was a big key thing. He didn't want to see anyone run sponsorless. And shoot, there were times where he was sponsoring half the freaking field. Yeah. And and you know what? That just opened the door for more sponsors. Remember, it, that quickly kind of solved itself, right? I mean, we've seen there for a few races where he had to, you know, basically pick the sport up. And carry it, but then after that, it seemed like it really opened the door for more sponsors to be able to come in. Like people were scared that it would uh, it would hurt the chance of sponsorships, but in a way, it gave somebody something to compete with, right? They knew that even though it was a bottom dollar price, 
there was at least a bottom dollar to know where where it started at. And so that brought in new people to be able to uh, sponsor these teams, I believe. It, it was a good move. But yeah, that, that, that was that a was, good point. That was, that was one of the big things that I can highlight for this year. Um, I think the, some of the other highlights was Bristol Dirt and Knoxville expanding – NASCAR, going back to NASCAR routes, but kind of expanding different places to go. Um, that also brings me to the Cup Series schedule in general, going to uh, CODA, Circuit of the Americas, uh, trying out Texas for an all-star race of Road America. Um, next year, we're going to see Gateway on the schedule. I mean, just I think what we are now seeing after as the year was going on this year is that NASCAR's finally they're keeping some of the traditions but they're finally opening up to trying new things and they're going to see it as see if it works and see if it doesn't and they saw in Bristol dirt when we went to the dirt race in Bristol that we can't do day racing unless we're supposed to Unless we necessarily have to, we can't race a 200-lap dirt race during the day. And the fans said, we need a night race. What did they do? They said, all right, next year, Bristol dirt race is at night. Right. I mean, they, they really opened up their eyes. They really opened up their ears. They're going to some tracks we haven't been to in a long time. Well, I mean, we're going back to Auto Club, not in the way that we thought we were going back to Auto Club because Auto Club still in the works of going to a short track. But there, we all thought road courses were kind of boring, but some of these road courses we saw this year were some of the most entertaining races we had. And I'm not much of a road course person, but I thought the I see road course races, some of them this year, from, I would say the first, the first handful of laps was where the entertainment value was. The middle part, everyone's kind of, you know, settle things out, calm things down, and you wouldn't miss much of anything. But the closing laps is where the entertainment value was. It was like, and I think NASCAR's finally opened things up. They're changing things up, bringing in a different flavor. The only thing I just would personally would like to see NASCAR um, try to less incorporate beings that we're now back into the 2021 or now that we're back to essentially normal things is I would like to see them do more. I would like to see them do maybe one practice session and bringing qualifying, which by the looks of it, that's where it's looking like we're headed. Um, and I also think that this NASCAR just needs to keep their eyes and ears open more often. They're they're heading in the right direction. They need to keep it that way because if they don't, right. they're going to lose all the all the newer fans and the uprising of everything that they just worked off for. Oh, and also stay away from stay away from the iRacing Pro Invitational Series. I get that was a great thing when 
we had no actual racing. Everything was shut down for COVID and whatnot. But when they tried doing that again this year, it didn't bring in much attention and hype like it did in 2020. It was cool when it was there. And then when they tried rebuilding it, it was just kind of like, oh, it's there. Well, you can find it on the Internet any anytime, any day. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's oversaturated. It, it was oversaturated. They got put on television, but it's definitely well, oversaturated it also, in years. So, I mean, it's it cool. It takes away. But with that, it, but with that, it also takes away from the actual iRacing uh, Pro Series that uh, Coca-Cola put helped sponsor and put on that. Uh, Junior has two drivers he hires for. Steve Letart has two drivers of race for. Parker Kligerman has races for. I mean, it takes away from them. So why would you try to – I think NASCAR needs to get away from the, the Pro Invitational Series and let the iRacing uh, – actual iRacing Series be them. Be Let them be the top guys to talk about when it comes to the iRacing simulations. Don't put the cup – and NASCAR stars onto the simulation and broadcast the races. Let the e let the esport guys have their moment, have their series. Um, Taz, I, I've got a special uh, guest that has called in, and uh, I think of, I think we need to get her on the air real quick. Uh, Miss Rebecca. Hey guys, how are you? We are great. I just wanted to take a minute and, you know, thank you guys so much. You know, NASCAR was never really my thing, and it was just that that little spark that one day, that Talladega race, that just made me start asking so many questions. And I like to learn about things, and you guys have been just amazing, taking my questions seriously, no matter how stupid they might have been, taking the time to answer them in a way that someone not in the sport could understand. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of reach out to you guys and say I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you bringing in those questions because when we were trying to brain – I'll be honest with you. We were trying to brainstorm different ideas and different thoughts of how to make Race Chat Live a, a better show than what it already was. And like we mentioned earlier, the fan question really brought back a way to give it back to the fans and incorporate the fan uh, the fan engagement. So having those questions was was great, and it was and we appreciate you sending in those questions. We really do. Not a problem. It'll be a, a couple of months break here, and I'm sure I'll have a bunch more for next season for you. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, Miss Rebecca, and. Uh, if you can uh, hold off until uh, February, I know we're all excited like heck for what's coming up for next season as well. Uh, we'll be uh, hopefully playing some uh, – uh, um, wow, I don't know where that comment come from. Um, I'm very sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Um, my goodness. I cannot believe I've lost my train of thought like that, guys. I'm very sorry. (laughs) That's all right. See, we all need a little bit of a break. (laughs) 
Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, but I do thank you for everything that you brought to the show this year, and we're looking forward to next season. And uh, we're planning on playing the show, I guess, every Monday night, some of the, the greatest of our shows uh, throughout the uh, throughout the wintertime, just in case our fans get a little bit lonely hearing our voices. So uh, that was actually – I was uh, reading a, uh, something on the uh, – on the uh, uh, I guess – what do we call that, Taz, our, our little comment section for, for, our, uh, for our producers and stuff uh, – she needs oh, to come to a race. Yes, yes. Miss Lee is inviting you to a race, so, uh, yeah, or one with any of us, right? Oh, if we could get you down to Talladega, that would be awesome. You really have thrown <laughs> us off on the here. I didn't, I didn't even know what your voice sounded like. Well, we finally have a, a voice with the face and the questions as well. But, uh, I mean, you've just been an important piece for the show. We want to make you an important piece for next year as well and give you a, a lot of shout-outs like we have this year. So thank you so much. Well, I yeah, appreciate Bruce. that, guys. Keep keep up the good work for sure, and uh, I'd love to get out to a race sometime. Fonder's, Fonder is not too far from me. It's about 20, 30 miles. Um, I might try to get out there next season a little bit. I've got friends in Delaware. And they are huge NASCAR fans, so uh, maybe hook something up with them and uh, taking a race. All right, sounds great. All right, well, uh, we're gonna dismiss this show here tonight. Uh, if any of you guys are Yellowstone fans, uh, that comes on the Paramount Channel, I tell you what, we're excited. It's gonna kind of get us through the off season here. We'll get a few weeks of this uh, awesome show that's been on. Uh, check out Door Bumper Clear, one of my favorite podcasts. We're going to have things structured, and we're going to really bring a different type of way we do this show next year. Um, I've got a lot of great ideas. Of course, we've got to have a sit down with the team and figure out what's a good idea and what's just crisp, you know, uh, wild ideas, I guess. So we'll we'll have to figure through that and uh, see what we can get out of it. But uh, really, we're looking for a great uh, 2022 race season. And thank you for everybody who's been part of this, Ms. Lee, our production manager, Mr. C.J. Sports. Our, our our man behind the scenes. We didn't get Mr. CJ on the show quite enough this year. I really, uh, I hate not having his influence and his ideas and his. Uh, he he has a way of talking that that really, um, you know, it's the reason why he's good at what he does. But uh, she's been to Fonda, yeah. Um, that's that's what she said. He's been to Fonda. Um, I don't know what your deal is, but uh, you know. Yeah. So, yes, we're going to close the show out, and uh, we want to thank all of our fans. Taz, man, what you got for us there as we uh, close out the 2021 race season? Well, just want to thank uh, everyone that's been a part of the show, from Mr. CJ Sports, bringing the 110 Nation together, bringing Race Chat Live in together. Uh, our production manager, Mrs. Lee Reed, uh, for all she's done, all the criticizing she does every single week, uh, after shows, during in the middle of the week for our shows, Miss um, Rebecca for all the questions. Um, again, thank you, Chris and Craig, for being co-hosts, and uh, Chris for actually doing the producing side of the show this year. And don't forget to check out some of our sponsors on Facebook: More to Music Entertainment Karaoke. That's Craig's business over there. Uh, check out TNT Designs. Also, don't forget the website of 
uh, 110 Nation Sports. I believe it's the110nationsports.com. You can, of course, the 110 Nation Sports on Facebook. And, of course, don't forget about Race Chat Live on Facebook as well. Share the page, pages, whatever you got to do. Get everyone to like it out there. And uh, I guess for the final send-off of the season, it's been Caution Flag Radio, Chris Creighton. Of course, our DJ music man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Double Flaggers. Taz Taylor saying, good night. Thank you all for a great season. We'll be back again in 2022. Yes, we will be. And uh, just a great season, man. Sorry, I got a little thrown off there. Uh, there's uh, some things going on back behind the scenes that we won't get into or discuss. But uh, just uh, keep uh, keep your ears open. We'll tell you the uh, exact launch time, and uh, we'll start working on uh, the ideas that we've got for 2022. Till we meet again, till we see each other again. God, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. We'll all be back in January. See y'all. Where is it? There it is. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Flatting the hill Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way, the only way they know how. That's just a little bit more than the law will allow. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.